Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. We are back a Tuesday night here at Stone Cloud once again. Big night. They got live music in the back. We got some other details about other things they got coming up. Always fun being here, man. This it's all it's such a great place. The it weather's great. Is, right? There's Halloween stuff going on around the neighborhood and down yeah. Main Street over here. You've got a pop up uh, Venezuelan uh, pop up here tonight for food. You've right. got uh, the live music, like I said, and you got the beer. Exactly. We can't go wrong with the beer. No. Hey, really quick, you mentioned Halloween stuff down there. How cool would that have been when you were a kid? Right. Because you know you got Halloween coming up. Oh, like there's going to be places doing it probably Saturday. Yeah. Then it, you got it again Monday. And then you get an Man, early one. I I never was as lucky when I was a kid. No. No, not at all. Man. That'd be incredible. All right. Well, um, we're going to get into we'll look a little bit back at the Texas win, uh, though we did most of that in our, our post game podcast. We'll look ahead to this week against Kansas State. Like I mentioned, we got some interesting things going on here at Stone Cloud that I'll uh, I'll update you on in case you're going to be in Stillwater on Saturday. They got some fun stuff planned. Uh, we'll talk about what uh, what we will take the the fans behind the scenes to our visit with the uh, the players tonight, which was uh, I thought entertaining. It was, it was a good night. It was a fun. It night. was a very good night. Good uh, diverse group of uh, of personalities that we got to talk to. So we'll get into all of that. Got to remember, we want the fans to put their score predictions. Who are if you're watching on YouTube, throw them in the uh, in the comments. On YouTube, and uh, and with that, while uh, while I go up and look at uh, last week's winner, what you got? Uh, what you got in the glass there tonight, Jacob? Uh, well, I'm actually having a fun one tonight. Stone Cloud last week put out a beer in a collaboration with Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt called Holt My Beer, which mm-hmm. is just a wonderful name Absolutely. for a beer. Just a wonderful name for a beer. Uh, it's a I think it's a New England IPA. It's an IPA for sure. Eight mm-hmm. percent. Uh, Holt My Beer. I believe all the cans they produce have sold out. That's my understanding. There's, I think, a few reserved for an event they have in Oklahoma City. Um, but it's a wonderful beer. I fully support this beer and the mayor, too, because right. of the beer. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, love it. Um, it's actually really good. So uh, cheers to Mayor Holt and Stone Cloud for their beer. That's right. And uh, they, uh, even though the cans are sold out, they do have it on tap here and on tap in Oklahoma City yes. still, from, uh, from what I understand. So uh, go check that out. Uh, this, of course... It's not my beer. This uh, is true. This is Blaine Maine's beer. Blaine Maine Blaine won Maine. The, uh, the the score prediction contest. Again, go put your score predictions for Oklahoma State, Kansas State down in the comments. Have a chance to uh, to win a free beer that we will drink for you next week on the show. Congratulations, Blaine. What are you drinking, Blaine? Blaine Maine. Uh, but first, he, he oh, predicted sorry. 37-32. Only missed oh. the score by six total points. Yeah, that's pretty really, good. Really well done. That's pretty good. Uh, and uh, so tonight, Blaine is is drinking Memory Garden. Uh, which is uh, done to support Alzheimer's, yes. Alzheimer's Foundation. So yes. uh, really cool stuff that they do. They do a lot of stuff yeah. like that here at, uh, at Stone Cloud. Yeah. They really do. They do a lot of stuff of, for, of for animals, for people. Um, you know, and that one hits a little home for me, too, because, you know, my wife's grandma, I think, you know, passed away from Alzheimer's back right. before I knew my wife. And so, you know, there's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, it absolutely is. So, uh, Blaine, cheers to you. Thanks for the beer. Yeah, good job, Blaine. Also, remind you to Ooh, subscribe to our. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. delicious. Great. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's see. That's right. another winner for Stone Cloud. I also want right. to remind people to subscribe to our newsletter. That's right. Um, all about OSU stuff. It's it's handled. Um, it's it's really good stuff. You want to catch up on what we're writing, what other people are thinking too. Um, but to go, there will be a link on the screen. Go to subscribe to our newsletter. Exactly. All right. With that, take a look back real quick at the Texas game. Obviously, 
ridiculous game. We covered as much as we could in the post-game podcast. Still crazy. Still but, things I forget about. Right. So many little things that uh, that popped up, um, you know, from the early struggles that Oklahoma State had where it literally felt they had no chance to dig themselves out of that hole. And then you get to halftime, and they're only down by a touchdown. Felt like they should have been down three. And then they immediately get themselves right back in the game. They stay in it. The defense has the, uh, the obviously the great second half. Pulls Texas to a field goal. Spencer Sanders comes and throws a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Boom, you got yourself a seven-point victory over a top 25 team. I got thinking about this. It seems a little bit similar to last year in Austin. Mm -hmm. It it turned on a pick six by Jason Taylor. Right. Um, But they were going to go down three touchdowns at that point. And they were getting dominated um, in that first half Mm -hmm. by by Texas. Again, they couldn't stop Bijan Robinson. They couldn't. They couldn't get the stops they needed, and then all of a sudden that happens. Things flipped in the second half. They dominated Texas again, and Texas somehow got away from B. John Robinson two straight years right. against OSU. I don't know why they stopped giving the ball to B. John Robinson no. um, or Roshan Johnson for all that right. matter. They were, but both, they were both running like crazy. You just It just was eerily similar to me. Absolutely was, yeah. yeah. Last year it turned more dramatically and a little bit earlier. Yes. But it was still very, very similar by early second quarter, you felt that Oklahoma State was going to get run off the field. Yeah, by by that Texas team, and it, it, it you know obviously it, it didn't feel like that was going to happen, but you just didn't feel like they were going to be able to dig mm-hmm. themselves out of the hole that they had created with all the mistakes, all the miscues in the first half. You think they threw uh, Spencer Sanders throws an interception in the end zone? They miss a field goal right before half. They literally could have been ahead at halftime in that game, and mm-hmm. that would have been mind-blowing. Yeah, oh, it, that would have just been insane. Yeah. And honestly, it, maybe it would have hurt them if they were ahead. It might, it might have. have fired Texas up a little bit more. It might have. <laughs> might have. Might have changed the dynamic of the yeah. game. Now, the the lingering concerns, I think, are the really the same concerns that we talked about going into the game. Run the ball, stop the run. Yes. And it's I, – I don't know how well this team can sustain itself long-term when you can't do those two things. They're going to have to figure some things out with those two things. Kansas State's obviously going to challenge you in a lot of areas with both of those. So that's important this week. But long term, they've got to figure out a way to run the ball better. Although Mike Gundy pointed out the running backs were were up over four yards a carry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Running backs only. Spencer's numbers brought that that down a little bit. Uh, But still, it took a while to get that going. It took a 51-yard run by Jaden Nixon to to Mm -hmm. bump that average up. And stopping the run, they've gotten worse the last two weeks. Gave up 5.2 against TCU, 5.2 yards of carry, yeah. 6.4 against Texas. They've got to figure out how to, to shore those two things up. Because then they got Deuce Vaughn. Right. And maybe Adrian Martinez, who's a game-time decision. Right. But you're dealing with two dynamic runners and a run-heavy offense that just seems like this could be very problematic. Yeah. It's a scary situation when you look back at the first half what Texas was able to do with big plays in the run game or with the running backs, uh, you know, getting the running backs out into the flat and, and hitting them for big plays on, on passes. That's the type of stuff where Deuce Vaughn can, can really hurt you. He's obviously a very different type of back than either Robinson or Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, they, they list him at 5'6". I don't even know if that's very accurate. It's but generous. I remember it standing near way. him at uh, Big 12 Media yeah. Days. It's generous. He's a little dude, but, man, he is talented. Yeah. Incredibly gifted. And he's going to find creases if if you leave any. He's going to run through tackles if you give him the opportunity. That's obviously been something else that this team has struggled with the last two weeks. So, a lot to uh, a lot to fix 
in in both of those areas. I think that are uh, that are glaring issues when you look back at at what happened against Texas. So now Spencer Sanders obviously has been playing with a lot of pain. Seems like he's he's worked his way back into more practice than he had. Obviously, didn't practice at all before the TCU game. You know, my gun. There's there's no words getting out in yeah. terms of, of what no the idea. actual situation no is. They've clamped down everything, uh, but it does sound like he has has worked his way back into a little bit of practice. I assume they're not throwing it a ton with him just to uh, mm-hmm. to manage pain with that shoulder. But his his toughness, and I wrote about this for for Monday's paper, and we talked about it on the podcast. The toughness that he brings to this team, not only for what he literally does on the football field, but just everybody around him that is infected by mm-hmm. by what he is doing is is it might be the most important element of this entire team. Yeah, I, you you see teammates believe in other teammates a lot, but there's just this unquestioned, this unwavering support that I you don't see a lot. Right, it's a new level with this team. Yeah, with Spencer. Um, and he's earned it, I think. I mean, oh, absolutely. Four year starter, he's gutting this out. Um, you've got to keep him on the field because I've, as I've right. said to people, you can't lose him. You can't lose Jason Taylor for extended period of time. Right. So. No, I agree. And uh, we'll talk more about Jason mm-hmm. here in a minute as we get into to the Kansas State game. A lot of injuries that that we could discuss, but oh, man, as we so said, uh, my Gundy has put up the wall in terms of. Any news about about injuries getting out? So it's a whole lot of speculation on our part at this point. Very hard to, to have any idea mm-hmm. what the status of anybody is, um, whether it's Dominic Richardson, Hunter Woodard, uh, Preston Wilson didn't get hurt last week, but he's been out a couple yeah. of weeks. Was suited up, looked like he might try to play whenever uh, whenever Joe mm-hmm. Maholski got hurt, but then Maholski went back in. I don't think Wilson was going to play. I don't think so. I think it was going to be Eli Russ. I I think Wilson wanted to play. Yeah. Uh, It's two different things there. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Jason Taylor, uh, Thomas Harper missed the game. Uh, We'll talk more about Jabbar Muhammad moving over to Mm -hmm. that that slot cover spot. A lot of injuries. And I didn't even list them all. I didn't even get into any of the receivers who were already hurt. All of that. But tons, tons of injuries that are impacting this team right now. And they continue to persevere through all of that. They're flexing their their depth muscle right now, and it's been it's been really impressive. One of the injuries I do want to, do want to discuss, Brendan Evers. This all happened after we after we recorded yes. the podcast last week. He comes out and announces that that he's going to have to miss the rest of the season, try to get himself healthy for to, to have a shot at the NFL. Um, I know there was a a vocal but small minority of Oklahoma State fans that that took some shots at him on social media as social media people will do very unfair stuff people that didn't have a clue what what right. was actually going on in all my time covering college football maybe even high school football probably high school football I don't I don't know if I've seen anyone if I, okay let me rephrase this if I give, if I listed the top five guys throughout my my journalism career who've given the most of their bodies to a team, to a program. Two of the top five are on this team right now. Yes. One, one being Brendan Evers and, and Brock Martin being the other. Absolutely. What those two guys have done in terms of sustaining injuries, withstanding pain, and going out and competing at every possible opportunity is unfathomable to me. Yeah, yeah and for like a guy like Evers to get that kind of criticism, 
first of all, I think the things he posted end up being awarded poorly. That's fair. He's not That's leaving fair. the team. It sounded like right. he was just leaving the team right. to go have surgery and go focus on the NFL draft. He's still with the program. He was on the sideline Saturday in his uniform, obviously without pads, but he was there with the uniform on. Right. He's still around the team. They're hoping they're still around the team. He needs. He needs. He has a shoulder injury again. This right. guy had two reconstructive shoulder surgeries this last offseason. Right. He hurts it in game one again. Tries to play through it. He missed what the Arkansas Pine Bluff game. Right. Which was a game that he they didn't need him. Right. So that's just a you know a thing to try to get him make sure he's healthy. And so they did that. He he decides they can't he can't go anymore. And so he needs to shut it down. And right. For his, for his future, and I can't fault a guy for that. I mean, this no. guy's had other shoulder reconstructive surgeries. This isn't the first ones he's had. Right. He's had shoulder injuries he thought he was in his career before last season. He's had other injuries. I think he told me uh, at one point this season he and Brock Martin are kind of in a competition. Not really, but he right. joked that they're in a competition for the most surgeries. Right. And it's not really – it's a joke that they're in that competition, but it's serious. They've had the most surgeries on this team. You know, Brock Martin is hurt right now, too, and, and is trying to play through some things. Didn't play last week, but I don't expect him to miss more than a game just right. because of who he is. Yeah. He's got a he, – he probably had a pack of Marlboros and he's ready to go. <laughs> I mean, right. come on. I mean, I, I don't know. I just I – didn't, I didn't enjoy that aspect that Brendan had to go through last week because I didn't think it was fair at all. No. For a kid that's done so much. Um, he's grown with this program. He's been there, what, six years now? Right. Um. He's played over 50 games, mm-hmm. uh, started over 50 games, I think, right, or played? Um, I think played, yeah. Played, and was such a huge part of this defense. All I talked about was there was no championship banner behind them, and you know there was no championship banner in the indoor facility or anything like that, and how much he wanted that. So you know this agonized him. Right. And you know I wrote about his adoption mm-hmm. this, this year. You know He was adopted. He wants to do a bunch of stuff for NIL with his NIL opportunities for adoption. I don't know if that's still in play. It could be impacted by him not being, you know, active player anymore but that's his plan in november is do all that stuff so the idea of walking away from some of this stuff has really got to be agonizing for him absolutely the uh, the the idea that this was some sort of selfish decision Mm -hmm. is uh, so far off the mark it's um he's got three degrees coming in december like his third degree is coming yeah it's unreal it is uh his his level of commitment is off the charts impressive and we I, we all know, and I think Brennan knows, that he is a long-shot NFL guy mm-hmm. at, at his size. His injuries uh, are the biggest his, factor, his, his really. Health, yeah. Everything that he's been through to this point, he's got one shot. And from from what I understand, he probably wouldn't have played, had he, had he not made this decision already, probably wouldn't have played against Texas. Mm-hmm. When he might have gotten back is a little bit up in the air. Might have missed a, a few games. And then he would have got to the end of the season. Had to play through pain, still not been fully healthy. And then got to the end of the season. Then had to have, have this surgery. Then he misses pro day, yep. which is his really is probably yeah, his only Yeah, he's not ticket. going to the combine. No, he's not going to the combine. He's got to be healthy for pro day if he's going to have any shot. And, and he wasn't going to be able to help his team the way that he's been able to. Hmm. So it, it makes total sense. It's completely logical what he has done. Like you said – his, his tweet wasn't necessarily worded ideally. It made him look worse than than yeah. than what he deserved. Um, but that being said, there's a lot more to the story, and, and the decision he is making is the right one for him. I think it's pretty obvious about mm-hmm. that. 
All right. Now I completely spaced out. I've I got promise. on my soapbox here a little bit. I'm sorry. It's all good. But, it's uh, all good. We're gonna we're gonna look ahead, but I, I forgot to tell the people about the monster mash coming up on Saturday. Oh, the monster mash. I, 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 I the teased monster it. Monster mash. Exactly. <laughs> I teased it. Completely forgot to uh, to give them all the details because they got a lot of fun stuff going on here at Stone Cloud on Saturday. If you're not going up to uh, to Kansas State for the game, like we are, and unfortunately we won't be able, we couldn't even make it, make it back in time. No, we, we can't. Be here no, two thirty kickoffs, man. Right? They're making it tough. Five in a row now. They're killing uh, us. They got that. stuff going on. Exactly. All every every week just keeps happening. Uh, but they got stuff going on all day on Saturday the 29th. Come up here and check it out. They've got a uh, pet costume contest. The winner for that will be announced at 4 p.m. We got uh, Three Dog Bakery creating something truly special for the winners. They say, "Oh, a, uh, a human costume contest." Okay, the winner that's of not that. as exciting as the dog one. No, not as exciting. Uh, but the winner for that will be announced at 9 p.m. So you want to be here before 9 p.m. to be part of that. Yeah. And uh, they promised epic prizes for that. Oh, one. okay. Hope beer is a prize, right? That's epic enough for me at Stone Cloud. And the tap room will be quite spooky, they say. So, there you go. So, uh, come check it out at Stone Cloud on Saturday if you uh, if you're not going up to, to Stillwater or up to Manhattan, Kansas. If you're here in, in Stillwater, nine seventeen South Husband in Stillwater, they'll have the game on here. Come watch it, drink some beer, watch some pets in costumes. It'll be a great time. All right, let's uh, let's look a little bit more ahead to this week against Kansas State. I mentioned we want to talk about Jason Taylor. Um, obviously, you uh, reported on Saturday night that his his mom had posted. A Facebook Live video saying they believe the injury was a hyperextension. Yes, he was walking with crutches, both both right. feet on the ground. He was right. just kind of support. no big braces, no braces like that. that I could see. Um, seemed to be okay. Uh, we don't know anything after that, though. Um, there's not been an update. Um, but I still am on the record, and I'll go. I will stick by this. If he has to miss an extended time, that's big time trouble for yeah, us. It, it really is when you factor in the fact that. Thomas Harper was already out. We don't know when he's going to return. You take away another safety, and the most important one, the the, the glue of that group mm-hmm. in the in the, really I think the entire back seven is is I mean Taylor is that guy, and they need him on the field to hold things together back there. I think if there's a week you can survive without him, maybe this is it because you're not terribly terrified of Kansas State's passing game. Right. But at the same time, you take both of those guys, he and Harper, out, you're losing a lot of experience. Yeah. And and that becomes really scary at that point. Yeah, because then what do you do? You do, well, Shawn Michael Flanagan, Kendall Daniels, Jabbar Muhammad Jabbar probably Muhammad still plays maybe. safety again. And then you, you know, it, it gets real dicey then with the experience at that position. Um, I don't, I, you know, Mike said that he's he doesn't know what they're going to do if they're both out. He was going to meet today. Uh, so we talked to him yesterday on Monday. Um, he's going to figure out the plan if they were both out today on Tuesday. Um, so I guess we'll see. Um, right. You know, I, I, I just don't – a hyperextended knee like that, the kind of injury it was, looked bad. Uh, it absolutely And hyperextended is very fortunate if that's all it is. Right. It, when you watch that play, it looks very easy that he could have destroyed some stuff in there. Yeah. So – yeah, if it's just a hyperextension, uh, they're in. Uh, he's he's in really good shape to come out of that with with just that. So, uh, this kind of leads us into our, uh, our our chat about what the players had to say tonight because I got to talk to Jabbar Muhammad quite yeah. a bit. We visited with Jabbar Muhammad, Brendan Presley, Colin Clay, who uh, is definitely worth talking about this week, especially after all our Evers conversation, and Taylor Maturko on the offensive line. I'll start with with Muhammad because 
everybody was curious about this move from corner into uh, to that cover safety position. This uh, sort of a, uh, a nickel the, position, the Tanner McAllister position. Yeah, exactly. And they've they've always kind of liked guys that that have corner skills mm-hmm. at that spot. I mean, McAllister started as a corner, moved inside. Harper started as a corner, moved inside. And and Muhammad, they came to him on Wednesday of last week, said, "Hey, we're not going to have Thomas. We're going to need you." Uh, we're going to need you on the field at, at this position. And obviously, I, now, I don't think this would have been possible had it not been for the other injuries they had dealt with, particularly with Corey Black on the other side, to get Cam Smith the level of experience that they've been able to get him the last few weeks so that they feel comfortable moving him, putting him on the field. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is a guy who was a, a third teamer three weeks ago. He's, yeah. he's come in and played well with Corey Black first injured and then DeMarco Jones also injured. That said, uh, the, that, that comfort level, I think, allowed them to make this move with Muhammad, which I thought was a really intelligent move by whether it was Gundy, Derek Mason, Hammerschmidt, Duffy. I don't know exactly who right. had the idea. But whoever it was, this was, this was really smart, especially against Texas where you've got guys in the slot that have a chance to hurt you. Xavier Worthy is all over the place in terms of where he lines up. So you've, you've got – Opportunities to be to get hurt if you have a young guy in that spot. Putting Muhammad there really panned out well. It was obviously very different for him. Covering in space is different than covering when you've got a boundary next to you and you've got uh, you know less space to to worry about covering. He talked about that challenge. He says he's played some nickel in the defense in uh, in fall camp, so this wasn't a completely new move. But he said that they felt comfortable with his knowledge of the defense to step in there, play that position know and understand the all the calls and all of those things he said he still had he still struggled a little bit didn't always get lined up correctly all night long but felt pretty comfortable with with what he was being asked to do in that spot played pretty well mm-hmm. uh, for a guy that had two days of practice basically <laughs> at that position Man. i thought he played incredibly well yeah and, and look at the numbers xavier worthy had yeah xavier worthy had some big plays but he was targeted, what, 19 times, 16 times? Something ridiculous. Some, yeah. six, between 16 and 19 times. I don't have the stats in front of me, obviously. And only caught four passes. And and Muhammad wasn't there on all those. But right. you had that speed element, and I think it really kind of changed the deep game for Texas. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. I mean, you don't necessarily need that this week against Kansas State. I don't think they have guys that can burn OSU with that speed like Worthy. But it's good to have options. Yeah. It absolutely is. You've got some versatility now, and you're maybe not quite as scared about the issue we were discussing earlier with both Harper and Taylor mm-hmm. out because you do have another guy who's come yep. in and, and played the nickel spot. You've got two guys that have played, uh, being Shawn Michael Flanagan and, and Kendall Daniels, in the other safety spot. So maybe you, you think at this point Flanagan is comfortable enough to step over and, and mm-hmm. play that spot where Taylor's been playing. So – you could have some guys on the field that you feel very comfortable with, yeah. And that's that's a uh, a, a better situation than than they might have thought they were in if this had happened three weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as Muhammad, that's really about everything that, that was discussed. It okay, was, it yeah. was uh, it was very really, very on point. Huh? It was a, a very hardcore football conversation about about the challenges he faced and um, you know understanding when he was going to have to come up in. Uh, in being the, involved in the run game, you know most of it was done in the passing game because he is a, a cover corner. Yeah. So uh, that type of stuff was was not too nerve wracking for him. He felt very comfortable in, in what he was being asked. 
he he likes that he's getting the opportunity to, to be a little bit more diverse in, in what he does. So uh, that's some some really important stuff for him going forward in terms of, of rounding out the player he can become. Yeah. So really uh, uh, valuable um, opportunity for him in, in that respect. So now you uh, you got to visit for quite a while with Colin Clay. I talked to him as yes. well, but you got to chat with him for I a did, yeah. good so long while. Colin Clay on, earned his first start of his Cowboys career um, in place of Brendan Evers. Um, and, uh, you know, Clay has had an interesting journey. I, I covered him in high school, Putnam City High. Um, he was an outside. He was an edge rusher then. Um, and just had a high motor, very skilled guy. OSU missed out on him. Uh, he goes to Arkansas, plays a lot as a freshman, has a good freshman year. Right. His coach gets fired two games left in the season. Um, he decides he needs to transfer. He said he was honest. He said, my family couldn't afford to go to every game in Arkansas. Couldn't afford to make the three-and-a-half-hour drive. So he said, I wanted to come home. So an, an hour, 45 minutes or so is an hour to you know a little less maybe is, is uh, ideal. And he loves it. But then he tears his ACL, completely tears his ACL. Um, and then when he tried to come back, partially tears the same ACL again. Decides to have a second surgery, sit out the second season, fully recover. Um, he looks different. He plays different. He feels great. Um, and it really showed. And he talked about the mental struggles. He really struggled with the, you know, what he was going through. He hated watching. Um, and, you know, he talked about the frustrations, too, that, that, that it got frustrating at times that, that he got there and people forgot about him. Right. You know, he was like, I got here and people forgot who I was because he had a good year at Arkansas and he came in with a lot of, a lot of attention. Like, oh, they got Colin Clay. Like, this is, this mm-hmm. is a good pickup for the defensive line. And then he gets hurt and no one knows he's there. In fact, his brother, his little brother Warren, the Cowboy. Warren the Cowboy. OSU fans know him, Warren the Cowboy, uh, five years old, got more famous than him. Oh, yeah. Real quick. Mm-hmm. And. He was asked about that, and he said, yeah, I love it. He said uh, he really he really likes it because Colin doesn't like the attention as much. He said, that takes the attention away from me, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they have similar personalities, but he's a little more quiet than Warren. Um, he said even that day, he was on the sideline when it happened, that he was surprised by Warren's outburst. He said he's usually full of energy and usually kind of turned up, but uh, not – as much as he was, and he'd never seen that. And so <laughs> now great. it's blown up, and he loves it. Yeah, it is. That's great. Really important piece of yes. the defensive line puzzle going forward because I I was curious. I thought they might move Tyler Lacey inside to almost full-time Yes, because of, of the need. He started on the edge. He pretty much right. played edge. Yeah, he did. He really stayed out there quite a bit. Uh, did move in and play some defensive tackle like he always does. But if they can can limit the number of snaps they ask him to go inside, keep him on the edge some, I think he's more effective yeah. out there in terms of production. Yeah, I think he can be an effective defensive tackle when he's, but not necessarily making tackles, making sacks. But I think on the edge he can be a really productive guy out there. And if if they can get, they can keep getting production from Colin Clay and Xavier Ross in that interior spot. Mm-hmm. That's really important because defensive tackle was, was – we know about all the depth of defensive end. Defensive tackle was not as deep. No, not at all. It's it's a much different game in there. And, they, and part of that question of depth was Colin Clay, what he could provide. Right. And he's yeah. providing a lot already. He had what, five tackles five on tackles. Saturday, yeah, which tackles is really good. Yeah, it was a, that's, that's a big number for, for a, a defensive tackle. So yeah. really important what they got out of him. Now, I know you talked to Brent Presley as well. 
Uh, I'll, 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 we'll save him for a minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll hang you on. You talked we'll to Maturko, right? I did. Yes, so. exactly. And Maturko, we talked a lot about the challenges of playing with three different centers over the last three games because you've had Preston Wilson who got hurt, Joe Mahalski filled in, then the next week they go to Eli Russ. He gets hurt for a little bit. Mahalski comes back in. Now they go back to Mahalski. Then they last go back week. to Mahalski the, this week. So you had three games in a row with a different starter at center each game. And he said, Maturko said, it's really almost been seamless. He said, really, it's been it's been really solid the way that they've transitioned between the three because they all have a, a, a deep understanding of what they need to be in, what the calls are. You know, Mahalski started four games at the end of last year after Danny Goodlefsky got hurt. Russ is a guy who's been around. I don't know how much he had actually played center before this year. I didn't I didn't I really realize that, that he was playing that much center yeah. until he was, uh, you know, backing up Mahalski. But they've got good communicating, good communicators in that position. And they've obviously got guys around them that are that understand the offense and and what they need. So it's it's been a fairly seamless transition between the three guys. We'll see what happens this week. They really need Preston Wilson back at some point. Wouldn't hurt to have him back this week. Like we talked about earlier, good chance I think that he probably is back. Yeah. Because, because if you're suiting up and doing what he was doing. I yeah. I like the odds there. Pure yeah. speculation. Right. But I like the odds there. Yeah. Hunter Woodard we know less about. We'll see what the, the situation is there. Jason Queso Brooks filled in for him at right guard. Queso's been really good. He's been, you know, he had the blow up against Arizona State when he got the couple of penalties. He played like eight plays and got penalized twice for 25 yards. Yeah, that was and bad. And we didn't see him the rest of the day. But he's been he's been really reliable since then for the most part. I thought we might not see him for the rest of the season <laughs> at that point. Like, I thought they might be done with this guy until he, right. for a long time. Yeah. So he's been, he was always that guy that we thought was sort of the sixth man of that yeah. group. And it turns out that that seems to be the case. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't think he could play center, or they probably would have had him there. But yeah, uh, guard or tackle, he was the next guy in. And, and he's a six man. Right you don't now. always have your center as a six man in right. basketball, right? Exactly. So he's a six man. Yeah. He's, there you go. It's, uh, uh, but Maturko talked about that. Talked about some of the the challenges that that he has faced in getting used to uh, getting used to the pace of a game and playing a full game and those sorts of things because he he hadn't really played a full game throughout his his career up until this point. Now he's done it seven weeks in a row, and um, you know that left side of the line I think is is holding up better than I thought it might. When you had Etienne making his first starts over there, Maturko mm-hmm. moving from tackle to guard and making his first starts, they've held up better than I than I thought. I think there's more potential for growth on that side of the line as well, but they've they've been pretty solid over there. Yeah. All right. You want to you want to share Brandon your uh, Presley. all the uh, I, I, now let me say I was really disappointed I I got busy with other stuff and you didn't, didn't get, get over to, to talk to Brennan uh, I really wanted to because it's always entertaining hundred it is it is and I will say I will I will tease part of Brennan here for our Stone Cloud six pack tonight right for our draft portion I asked Brennan his answers for it so I will give those later very nice um, something's gonna hit you like an anvil with oh, those. Yeah. I like it. That's good. It's gonna bring be, it on. It's fun, but I did. We did talk to him about his punt, the muff punt, mm-hmm. and shout out to Marshall Scott here, pistols firing. He said, "Hand to heart, did you touch it?" He said, "I did not touch it." <laughs> he still swears he did not touch the football, and I believe him because yeah. I still didn't see it touch them on the video no. and on the replay. So, Brennan standing by that, and I said, "Did the coaches really get on you for that?" He said, "No," and he started explaining. He said. There was no rotation on the ball. It just kind of was straight, 
and yeah. kind of floating in the wind. A little ball action. Yeah, and just really, he's like, he said, I got there, and I thought, I don't know that I'm comfortable catching this with the space he had. So he tried to get out of the way, and he made the decision too late. That's what happened. He said, they didn't really get on me too much. He said, I just got to make a quicker decision yeah. on it. And so um, he learned from it. Um, but, yeah, he talked about that. He talked about Stephon Johnson Jr. and how he emerged quick, and he loves the confidence of him. Said his favorite catch on Saturday was one on a slant. He went up, and about the same time the ball got the, to him, it got to the corner, and he took it away from the corner. He said that's, that was the most impressive catch he had all day. And Very I thought nice. on a long list of catches that Stephon Johnson right. had the other day, that's most impressive is to a receiver is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, thought about his brothers learning and coming along. Um, really enjoyed talking about his brother um, and his ability to get on the field right now because Braylon's getting on the field more and more yeah. each week. Um, I thought it was interesting. You said Braylon dropped a pass, and I thought, well, Spencer threw it behind him. Yeah. But uh, he didn't mention anything about that. He said Braylon dropped it and it didn't bother him. Yeah. Uh, it didn't bother Braylon like it would have bothered him as a freshman. Right. And so uh, he said that's a good sign of growth. Yeah. Um, the other interesting tidbit, he was asked that, like, does he kind of respect Deuce Vaughn more for being a little guy like Brennan? Uh. And he said, I actually do. And he said he went and saw it. He said, I think it was last year that he went and sought out deuce vaughn to say hey man i appreciate what you're doing and stuff and i thought that was really interesting right? from one smaller player to another small player mm-hmm. um that they that they kind of have like a like a bond from afar <laughs> right. about yeah. that i thought that was pretty interesting they're fun sized they are fun sized yeah or yes they're fun sized <laughs> yeah <laughs> um before we move on i i do want you you mentioned stefan johnson jr that's probably our big omission not talking more about him oh, yeah. at this point you've got a story coming up on on him, uh, which you don't you don't have to, to give away all of that, but but for for a guy as a freshman, true freshman, who was sort of an afterthought in the recruiting yes. class, he was the last guy added after Talon Shetron and and Braylon Presley had already signed in, in December. He comes along in February, not a lot known about him, arrives in June and has obviously just impressed since then. When we got to the beginning of the season, and it became clear that he was going to play and not redshirt. It was it was an eye opening. Yeah, because you had Talon Shetron, who's right. a four star, one of the top receivers in the country. Right, and he's playing more than Talon. Brendan attributed a lot of it to confidence. Said that just he came in fully confident and felt like he belonged, mm-hmm. um, and really made plays early and and kept it going. And it isn't afraid of the moment. He said he really sees seizes the opportunity he's he's given every chance. And um, so he was. He said I wasn't surprised Saturday that he did so well. How quickly. Uh, outside of the team, it w- among the media, does the nickname Boogie catch on? I think pretty quick. I, I wanted so to ask Brennan if he lived up to the name very well, but I mm-hmm. didn't get a chance. Sounds like he does, from yeah, uh, yeah, my yeah. understanding. From everyone I've talked to, yeah. yeah. There was a video of him dancing on yeah. uh, on uh, social media from Oklahoma Boogie State. Nights. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that could get problematic, but uh, I'm, all, I'm all for it. So, <laughs> All right, with that, uh, anything else before we uh, pop the top on uh, the first of the Stone Cloud no, six-pack? we're good. I think we're ready it's for it. It's time for our six-pack, everybody. Yes, exactly. This is the fun part of the show. That's right. Uh, again, a reminder, go put those score comments, uh, score predictions in the comments, and we'll drink a beer for you next week. I still did my usual research, so here we go. Uh, yes, uh, the usual research of zero for yes, Jacob. Yes, Got it. All right, going to talk a little bit about running backs. We haven't di- gotten into a lot of running back talk today. We're going to start over or under 2.5 running backs with at least five touches on Saturday at Kansas State. Running backs. Over. Going over? I'm going with three. You think three guys? I think all three of the running backs they use are going to touch the ball five or more times. I'm going under. Okay. 
I think uh, I, I think I think Dom comes back and is and is fine. Okay. Yep. Carries the majority of the load against that's a fair. Kind of uh, kind of gritty, tough, uh, you know, uh, opposition. Mm-hmm. I do think the other two guys play. I don't see I don't see both of them getting to five touches. Okay. I think two guys will get to five touches, not all three. But I won't be surprised if it ends yeah. up being all three if they if they spread things out a little bit more. The other wild card in that that we, neither of us addressed. We don't know for sure that Dom Richardson will be able to play. Exactly. That's true. We don't true. know his injury situation. I'm going to guess point. he's playing. I would assume so. Let's just guess. Expect. Right. All right. Running back on the other side. We talked about all about this. Run run the ball, stop the yeah. run. Over or under 5.6 yards per carry for Kansas State's Deuce Vaughn. Just for Deuce Vaughn? Deuce Vaughn only. I'm going under. Are you really? He hurts uh, them more in the passing game, I think. That's fair. Than he does rushing the ball. That's fair. I can see that. Uh, they no. really struggled covering those wheel routes last week. They had a rough, rough time. With <laughs> that, that was brutal. That was really so rough. I, I'm not. They're going to run their wheel route. I think they're just going to be looking for that more. They're, they throw a lot of screens to Deuce. Yeah, and so I think I think it's going to be. I think he's going to hurt them more in the passing game, mm-hmm. ultimately yardage wise, than running back. All right. I think uh, my my gut feeling. I'm going over. Okay. I think that they have some stuff designed that maybe Oklahoma State isn't ready for. Okay. Where they see some areas where they can attack with the run game, and they know they're going to have to do that because they're not going to know what they've got at quarterback. Yeah. Until late in the week, most likely. So I think that they've been prepping for what they've got to do with the run game. I think they find some success with That's it. fair. I still think Oklahoma State wins the game. I'm not yeah. going that far. Uh, which, how about the line for this game? Well, it started at one half for OSU, right? Uh, well, no, it, it started, started even. It's a pick'em. Started as a pick'em on on Tipico, this the site right. that our our organization uses. I saw early lines with Kansas State favored by three, and from pick'em to to Kansas State minus three, it quickly moved on Tipico to OSU minus a point and a half. Yeah, and now it swung back the other way. Yeah, Kansas State a point minus point and a half. I right. Who knows? It's been wild. It's been I'm really crazy. I'm still picking OSU like you. I'm, I'm sticking with that as well. What's our third beer All here? All right. Third of the Stone Cloud six-pack, the last of the football questions. Over or under three and a half penalties for Oklahoma State this week. They're averaging right at, what is it, like 3.86 per game, I believe. I'm going over. Going over this I'm week? I'm going over this week. They're on the road, mm-hmm. first of all. Yep. I just – and they had two last week. That's right. Technically. That's right. They yes. didn't get assessed. They got flagged twice. Yes. Never penalized. So I think I'm going to go over. I just feel like it's going to they're going to run into some sort of issue there. Yeah. I can see that. I'm actually I'm going over. Yeah. The road reason is the yeah. is the biggest thing that it looms. You always you just always see that. Yeah. So that seems to be like this is probably going to be the case. I'm going over. It's not well. going to go crazy over. Actually, it's going to be like no. 4. It's going right. to, you know, maybe 5. Yeah. It's not going to go crazy over because this is a this is a very disciplined team. Right. That's not going to go crazy on these penalties. Last week, I know so much got made nationally about the 14-0 to penalty discrepancy. Yeah. Uh, last week was not terribly out of character for this Oklahoma State team. No. They're a very disciplined team. They're, what, tied for second nationally and the fewest penalties per game right yeah. now. Yeah. And, like, first, they're the number one team in Power 5 with yards, uh, penalty yards per game. Right. Like, they're... They're tied there, I think, atop with uh, Kentucky or someone, I think. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that uh, that takes us to the end of the football portion. All right. Now we get to have a lot everything. of fun here. Exactly. It's draft time. We've already discussed all the th- fun things going on here at Stone Cloud for Halloween on Saturday. Talked about they're getting candy a block over from here right now as we speak. So you've, that's seen the, some uh, of, you've probably seen some of the kids walk by behind us. Yeah, they come exactly. in. 
We saw a couple Harry Potters earlier. So that's the draft topic. But we're doing a little bit different. Halloween candy is the draft topic. All right. But uh, we're shaking it up a little bit this week. Going two you love and one you hate. Right. So uh, your two favorites. Do you, do you want Brennan's first? Oh, yeah. yeah we could yeah, dissect yeah. Brennan Absolute. Presley's. Absolutely. So Brennan Presley is the candy connoisseur on this team. Uh, no so doubt. So I made sure to ask him. I said, hey, Scott and I are doing this podcast tonight. This is what our draft is. What is your answers? And he's going to blow you away with some of this. So his two favorites. His first favorite, Snickers. Okay, mm-hmm. I can accept that. His second favorite is candy corn. It makes me question everything I've ever heard about Brennan Presley. Yes, and I said, hold on, candy corn, why? He said, dude, I love candy corn. That's all I got out of him. I said, no one puts that as their favorite. And he just kept going. His least favorite, Three Musketeers, which still blows my mind, too, because how do you pick candy corn over a Three Musketeers? Right. I just. No. This, I, Brennan, Brennan, Brennan. Uh, dude, I don't know. I don't. I, n- I never know what's going on. In this his is head. also the guy that ha- that likes the mini starbursts over the full size starbursts. He does, yeah. And he likes to hand them out with his gross hand during practice. <laughs> Colby Arville Peel called him out on that last year, so maybe we shouldn't trust Brennan too right. much anymore. Handing him, handing him warm, gooey mini starbursts. Yeah, that sounds gross. Yeah, it absolutely does. Just like candy corn. Yeah. All right. Um, I do believe it's your turn to go first this week. Ooh. So we will throw it to you for the My- first. That you love. My first candy that I love is a uh, Reese's pumpkin. Oh, oh, very specific. I like the that. Reese's pumpkins right? at Halloween uh-huh. are the best. That's solid. That's really strong. And I don't know why a shape makes a difference, but it really makes a difference. It does. the The, the pumpkins are great. the uh, The Christmas tree is at the Christmas tree. The, uh, the eggs at, at Easter. Right? But it's yeah, it's the Reese's pumpkins. That's strong. I uh, that that was in the running for my number two spot. Okay. Not the pumpkin specifically, but a Reese's right. uh, number one Tootsie Roll. Not even close. Tootsie Roll. Okay, this is the regular Tootsie Roll, not the flavored ones. Uh, flavored ones are strong. I'm not yeah. not downgrading the flavored ones, but no, I'm sticking with the original okay. Tootsie Roll. I, I I have an obsession. I have to keep them out of the house. <laughs> if I bring a bag into the house, yeah. it's gone the next day. Right. I can't. I cannot do it because it's such a small little item. Yeah. You don't feel like you're doing anything anything bad yeah. when you eat a Tootsie Roll. That's bad. It's yeah. rough. It's really yeah, rough. I I like the flavored ones a little bit more. I'm a fruit fruit candy kind okay, of guy more fair. than any particular that. flavor. I mean, I'm always a cherry guy. Okay, I yeah. always like the cherry fruit. So I really like the lime flavor. Yeah, in the those. lime's good too. That's yeah, good. banana's yeah. good too. I hate banana. Oh, nothing oh. banana for me. All right, that's fair. My second one. It's easy for me to throw out Starburst because Starburst is my favorite candy. Mm-hmm. I love Starburst. But I got to go something different on Halloween, right? I got to right. be different. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with the dark chocolate Hershey bars. Little Ooh, mini dark good. chocolate Hershey that's ones. That's good. I like that. Really, the multi pack. You give me any of those, I'm going right. to eat them. Uh huh. Okay. But I love the dark chocolate ones. That's My good. grandma and grandpa love them too, so that's kind of a little bit of why. Mm-hmm. But I love the dark chocolate ones. Yeah. All right. Uh, to, to stick with the, the Halloween theme, uh, the Halloween aspect of this conversation, I'll point out that my favorite candy bar, candy bar, is Twix over, yes. over anything. That's fair. I love but, little mini ones. Yeah, they're, and they're great. But the mini Milky Way, I'm obsessed yeah, with. Yeah, the dark one, too. Especially the dark the, one. Yeah. I would probably actually go the dark yeah, over the regular that chocolate. Been, that, that's a good number, too. It's, a really, it's a really good, fun-size yeah. uh, treat. I love there. a good mini Kit Kat, too. Those are good, too. Man. Those are good, this too. This is tough. Yep. Yeah, this is tough. It is. There's a lot of good options out there. Yeah. All right. Now it gets really interesting. The one you hate. 
The one right. that, this, that, this that is you not interesting for me. Wipe at all. off the planet. This is easy. It's it, it's not even candy corn. As much as I just made fun of Brandon Presley, mm-hmm. it's not candy corn. It's Whoppers. Oh, I hate those little mall ball things. They're terrible. Up. They're disgusting. The texture's awful. I hate them. I hate Whoppers. I'm I I I will not. <laughs> uh, I, I I used to. I, well, I still love chocolate, but when I was trick or treating on a regular basis mm. or eating candy on a regular basis, I would take the Whopper, put it in my mouth till all the chocolate melted, then just spit it out. That's the smart play. Because that's the only thing yeah. that's any good about a Whopper is the, yeah. the chocolate. Because every time I get those, I'm disappointed. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you, like I just hate them so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. No. Horrible. Yeah. Um, random thought that just popped into my head because it's similar to a Whopper, but very different. Uh, milk does. I think the caramel has gotten less sticky over the years. Maybe I don't it think has. It's I like milk now. duds. I, I, will eat, milk, I, love I will eat a lot of milk duds. I don't think I, like it, I don't think the caramel's as sticky really? as it was when we were little kids. I'll have to see this year. Yeah, man, it might, it might just. I think uh, we're taking Cohen trick or treating, so I think you better. Yeah, he's um, two now. It's a good time yeah. to start. Oh yeah, it's time to start. So, any idea what he's going to be yet? A dragon, dragon, yeah. strong, very yeah. good. All right, um, Tayden's going. He's thirteen. We're getting close to to, oh, to the about cutoff. To lose the costumes, right? Yeah. So, uh, but I'm counting on him going because I need the candy fix. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm relying on that. Um, uh, the candy that I am pre- fully prepared to wipe off the planet. Let me say my my top three. If I we, if we had gone three on this, would have been Whoppers would have been in my top three. Yeah. Candy corn in my top three. Yeah, me too. Number one, far and away, not even close. Butterfinger. What I like Butterfingers. I hate Butterfinger. Really? It tastes like chocolate covered cardboard to me. Okay. I despise it. Never understood the fascination with yeah. it. I, I wanted to like it really bad because I love The Simpsons and Bart was was pumping those <laughs> things like crazy. He was he was selling them Better all over the place. Take my butterfinger exactly. <laughs> I just I cannot do it. Oh uh, wow! It, it okay. disgusts me. Okay. I want to I want to like it really bad and I can't. My problem with butterfinger is they just really stick to your teeth. Yeah. They're just they're just hard for that. But yeah. I like butterfingers though. Yeah, I but can't, can't do but it. But I'm not gonna fault you for that. Like that's I I get it. Yeah, I get it, but at least we're on the same page with Whoppers and candy corn. Get yeah. that garbage out of here. Listen, I'm gonna have to discuss this more with Brennan because I don't, I don't know how I can can communicate effectively with someone yeah. who likes candy corn. It's just, it's not good. No, no, it's not. Double checking to make sure we didn't. If we covered everything we wanted to cover today, I think we did. I think we did. I think I we think got it all wrapped up. All right, well, good stuff. Um, Holt my beer, excellent choice. I'm gonna yes. go try some of that once we yeah, finish. I'm gonna try uh, some of that once we finish. Yeah, too. exactly. It's a, a good week here at Stone Cloud for some of the rotators. Of course, they got all the core beers that are uh, yep. always fantastic. Uh, listen, Neon Sunshine is uh, top still of my great. List. It's fantastic, still fantastic great. stuff. All right, well that'll do it from here. Remember, we'll have our Twitter Spaces slash postgame podcast from Manhattan on Saturday night. Seemed to be about ten o'clock or so when we were uh, firing that up last Saturday, at, or yeah. about regularly yeah, after yeah. the uh, after the two thirty starts. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be back here next Tuesday night. We won't have any more Halloween themed. Uh, no, drafts. we're going to be first. We we'll have to we'll have to come uh, come with something else. Maybe Thanksgiving theme coming up right. in November. Exactly. Have to see where, what direction the draft goes at that point. But uh, thanks to the folks here at Stone Cloud nine uh, seventeen South Husband here in Stillwater. Come by and check them out. Thanks to uh, the folks back in the office, Chris handling all the editing and, and such in place of, of Addison, who we greatly miss. Gave her a great shout-out last week, yes. but we uh, we definitely miss her. Yes. But we appreciate Chris jumping in and, and handling the production side of the podcast, and we thank you for watching The Cowboy Chronicles. <laughs>